Thank you for taking the time to listen to this life-changing message from the ministry of Faith Bible Chapel. We hope this message will encourage you in all parts of your life. At the end of this message, you will hear more information on how to contact our church family, as well as directions for you to visit us for any of our worship services. Until then, join us for the service in progress. It all started at a tree. In the beginning, the man and the woman were created, created in the image of God, created to rule, created to reign, and they were placed in Eden, the garden of perfection. And life and perfect relationship with God and one another were given to them. Communing with God, filling the earth and ruling as God designed. And it was good. But something happened at the tree. God had given them everything except one. Do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat of it, you will surely die. And it came to pass that one day, Eve found herself walking around that very tree that God had forbidden. And the serpent came, and the serpent lied, and she gave in, and paradise was lost. The violation of God's word resulted in the entrance of sin, and sin brought with it death, shame, separation, broken relationship, conflict, pain, toil, and it all happened at the tree. But the man and the woman were not supposed to be separated from God, and their hearts longed for their relationship with their Creator. They regretted what happened at the tree. Their guilt would not leave. How could they reconcile with God? How could they erase their sin? So, they offered sacrifices in hope that it would cover, even for a temporary time, the sin that plagued their conscience. But all the sacrifice in the world could not remove the guilt or the shame that had started at the tree. From the beginning of time, God set out on a, on a task to redeem mankind back to himself. And it was at the tree that God's relationship with mankind, not God's relationship didn't break down, mankind's relationship with God began to break down. And we see all through scriptures and we see the realities is that God had a plan from the beginning. Actually, the Bible says that in the beginning or before creation that there was a sacrifice that was made. And it was a sacrifice of the Lamb of God who was slain before the creation of the world. And so God had a plan in place because it was all lost at a tree. Actually, mankind was condemned at a tree. And then they had to be placed outside of the garden, and they were lost, and they were alone. But God had a plan. How many are thankful that God had a plan? God had a plan that just as man's relationship was broken and lost at a tree, he had a plan to redeem mankind's relationship on a tree. And so God created trees. He formed them. He made them. He fashioned them. And in his mind, I have to believe that there was one of those trees that he had a plan. And so as God began to figure out what he was going to do with the tree, he began to figure out how he was going to redeem mankind back to God. 
there was an act which was called crucifixion. And in crucifixion, mankind decided they would use it as corporate punishment. But God had another plan. How many are grateful that God had another plan? God had another plan of redemption. And God, even though he knew his dearest ones and his loved ones, including you and me, they lost their life at a tree. And he had to figure out, how am I going to redeem them? How am I going to get them to come back to me? How am I going to restore the relationship that was lost? God decided he would do it through another tree. And we know this to be a tree of mercy. It's a tree that God fashioned together. He made and he formed it. Now think about this. When God created the trees, when God created the, uh, the whole makeup of a tree, one of those trees, he knew that his son Jesus would be sacrificed on. That's why we're here today because there was a sacrifice. And Jesus, by his willing heart and his obedience to the Father, embraced the tree. You have to understand, Jesus was present in the garden. You have to understand, it wasn't just God that the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have always been present together. They were perfect in one. And it was at the tree that mankind began to weep. They began to carry guilt and the weight of shame and the weight of their sin And God began to set a plan into place to redeem mankind back to himself. But this at this tree wasn't going to be a a tree of a mistake. It wasn't going to be a a tree of a decision or a bad decision. It was going to be God's decision to redeem mankind on another type of tree. And it would be the cross of Jesus Christ, that tree. How many are thankful for a tree? And it is, it's on this tree that God began to do an amazing work in mankind's life. And for you and for me. And it was, a, it was a gnarly tree. It wasn't a beautiful tree. You know, we use crosses all the time and we can make them out of metal. We can make them out of all kinds of stuff and they're pretty and, and they, hang in our, they hang in our homes and we wear them around our necks, and there's a, see, look, I wear a cross, but you can not know God and wear a cross. What I want us to understand this morning is that what was accomplished on this mercy tree? This was a tree of mercy. The tree in the Garden of Eden was a tree of judgment when Adam and Eve ate it, and the work of Jesus Christ took place on this tree. Tree. And I'm going to ask you this all morning long. How many are thankful for what happened on this tree? And in the Old Testament, leading up before this tree ever came into existence, there were rules and regulations connecting us with God. And they, would, they, they made an altar on how they would sacrifice lambs and goats and bulls on that altar. But this tree, or this altar, was actually provided by God. It was, it was a tree that was cut, and it was formed by man. But man did not know they were making their own altar for their own redemption. 
So in order to understand this mercy tree, we need to understand this. What happened on this tree? Jesus, who have been nailed to this cross or to to this tree of mercy, the most shameful, the most painful punishment to which any criminal of that time could ever be subject to. He has been stripped and he's been laying across the beams and the spikes that were driven into this mercy tree. And between the three spikes, his quivering flesh hung on this tree. But while Jesus was on the tree, he made some statements. And you have to understand that when you are crucified, because of the weight of, your, of the nails in your wrist, because of the, the nails in your feet, the way that your body is postured, you can't breathe. So you breathe incredibly shallow. So in order to speak, Jesus had to press up, get breath in his lungs, and then speak. And so when Jesus spoke on the cross, he means something. It's significant. He's saying something that we need to listen to. And today, I want to focus on just three very small words that Jesus spoke on the cross. And they come from John 19, chapter 19, verse 30. He said this. Jesus says, it is finished. Say that with me this morning. It is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. Now, these are the three greatest words spoken by the greatest man that ever existed on the face of the planet. For Jesus speaks on this cross. He was in maximum pain. But when he said, it is finished, he said it because he wanted us to read it today. He wanted you to hear the victorious work of the cross, the victorious work of the mercy tree that was fashioned by God and his son Jesus endured it purposely. And this phrase included just not a group of people. This phrase included you and it included me. It is finished. Let's say that together. It is finished. And so here's the question. What was finished? What was finished on the cross? The author and pastor, Charles Spurgeon, which is probably one of the greatest preachers of the Victorian times, he said this, we would need all the other words that have and can ever be spoken to explain these three words spoken by Jesus on the cross. It is finished. So here's the question, what was finished? What was finished? The first thing that was finished on this cross, and instead of a TV screen this morning, I'm going to use the cross. So what was finished is the first one is this. Sin was finished on the cross. So as Jesus endured the cross, as he embraced the cross, he was taking care of sin for you and I. I want to read to you something out of Isaiah, which is the prophet speaking about what Jesus would do on the mercy tree. And this is what Isaiah 53 says. And I want you to hear this for your own life today. This is what it says. Surely he, speaking of Jesus, has borne our griefs. He has carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he 
was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Then he, then he goes on to say this. We all like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid upon him, speaking of Jesus, the iniquity of us all. And I want us to understand what this means for you and I today. What happened on this mercy tree? And the description is what happened when Jesus went to the cross. That whole prophetic, beautiful, poetic articulation is what happened when Jesus went to the cross. I I want you to hear this message today with joy and exuberance that because of what Jesus did on this cross, you are free. Whether you don't know God today, you can have freedom. Maybe you do know God today and you need more freedom in your life. I want this to make your heart come alive. Sin that came into mankind, into our lives, was the sickness that entered the soul of mankind. And it kept darkening our hearts, our minds, our spirits, our relationships, our emotions. You can see it even today. It's corruption making its way. Guarantee you there are brokenness and pain and and suffering and toil in this room that were caused by one thing. It was sin and sin alone. And when Jesus shouted, it is finished on the cross, he had taken our sin. And when the soldiers nailed him to the cross, our sin, your sin, my sin was nailed to the cross with him. And when Jesus endured the cross, when he endured the mercy tree, when he willingly crawled up on the mercy altar of God, he allowed himself to be nailed there. And he did it to pay the price for our sin. And endure the penalty for sinners. To take the punishment of sin for sin itself on himself. And this is what we need to understand this resurrection. Yes, this is about Jesus raising from the dead today. But you can't fully understand the resurrection until you understand what those three words, it is finished, actually mean. Is that this, you and I stand before God. without If we do not know Jesus Christ... Deserving his wrath for our sin. And the wrath of our sin is what's called eternal judgment. It's what we call, and we, we hear it today, it's, what is, it's what's called hell. That without Jesus, we deserve hell. But being sent by God, this is the good news of the gospel. Jesus steps into our place. And instead of us on the cross of our punishment, Jesus endured our punishment and took our place on the cross and took God's wrath upon himself. How many are grateful for that today? It's good. The Father and the Son turned this cross, designed for tragedy, designed for maximum pain, designed for suffering, And they turned it into a tree of mercy that would rescue you and rescue me from what the punishment of this tree represents. Jesus took upon himself the full weight of the sin of mankind upon himself for you. Jesus drank the full cup, the full cup of punishment 
for our sin and the sin of the world. He drank it all and he finished drinking that cup and he turned the cup upside down and he said these three words. Say it with me. It is finished. That's, that is why God spoke to us through the prophet Isaiah out of Isaiah 43, 25. It says this, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. Now listen, and remembers your sin no more. Come on. He remembers your sin no more. Because of the mercy tree of God and the sacrifice of Jesus, those who call on the name of the Lord, their sin is remembered no more. How in the world can a God who knows all things, he bypasses time and space, now all of a sudden say, well, I remember your sin no more. Listen, I know enough marriages and I'm in one that, listen, you can remember the sin of people about three weeks ago, don't you? And I'm human. And here is God because of his love for you and his love for me, he chooses to not remember them. It's not though he forgot. It's his choice because of the work of the cross to not remember your sin anymore. So what else was finished by that tremendous statement of Jesus Christ on the cross? And, and it was the next one is this. This was finished for us, our separation from God. Because as I said earlier, every one of us, every one of us who had been born into this world, we were born separated from God. We were born with a, with a distance between us and God. And after Adam and Eve sinned at the tree, they were placed outside of the garden to represent. They no longer had a full and complete relationship with God himself. And when Jesus shouted on the cross, it is finished, something happened. Something was ripped. Something was torn. And that torn and that thing that was ripped and torn was in the temple of God. And I'll explain that in just a moment. That was confirming that we had separation from God. But Jesus, when he shouted, he says, it is finished. And we find this in Scripture, that when Jesus shouted, Matthew 27, 51, says this. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn from the top to the bottom. It didn't say it was halfway torn. It didn't say it was just torn enough for a certain person to walk through. It said it was ripped completely in half from the top to the bottom. Now here's the question. You're like, I don't understand the curtain. Let me explain it. What was God trying to say to us by this happening? When Jesus said, is this finished? We need to, we need to figure out what was finished. We need to know leading up to this cross, 1,500 years leading up to this cross, God had put into place barricades between himself and man. The whole religious system of the Jews communicated this. You know what it communicated? You have limited access to God because of the relationship with God that was lost at the tree in the garden. You have limited access to God. Nope, limited access. No, I don't care how much you want to know God. Nope, limited access. And so the whole religious system was set up to demonstrate what our limited access to God actually was. And there were six areas or levels laid out of separation that God was saying you can only go this far. So if you weren't... Jewish, 
and you wanted to worship God at the temple, you had to stay in what was called the court of the Gentiles. So you could only go this far. You could, no, I can't go any further. This is as far as I could go. Then three feet above that, they had what was called the sacred enclosure. So which no unclean Gentile could even cross or even touch their toe over there without the punishment or possible punishment of death. And so Gentiles, you got to stay here. The next one is that you couldn't go any further. Then three feet above that separation, what was called the court of the women. And that, and a lot of, then they talked a lot in that court. I don't know if you knew that or not. <laughs> Just joking on that one. Actually, probably not. But at this place was the only, the women could only come this far. So you have the Gentiles and you have sacred enclosure. Then the women, the Jewish women, could only come this far. You, no, no, you, I don't care how much you want to worship God. I don't care how much you want to get close to God. You stop right there. You stay right there, women. And then 10 feet up above that court of the women, what was called the court of Israel, where every male Israelite could come and worship God from that place. And then three feet above that court was the court of the priest. Do you see it? All the barriers, the separation. You can only come this far. You can only come this far. And then eight foot above that, what was called the house of God. And it was divided into two parts. One was the holy place, and one was what was called the holy of holies. And then only one high priest was allowed to go into the holy of holies once a year behind this curtain that we just read was ripped from top to bottom. Only one. And the whole arrangement of the temple to worship God was about us being separated from God. No, you can only come this far. No, you need to stay back there. Stay back there. If you come here, you're going to die. Ladies, I'm sorry, you can't come any closer. Go, go back. No, get, get back. No, get back. Get back. Jewish men, you can come here, but you can't go there. Priests, you, sh- you can come here, but you can't go any closer. Only one of you can go there. And then only, only the special priests can ever get any closer to God and come into the house of God. But it wasn't whenever they wanted As I've already said, it was once a year during designated time that God says, now one of you can come. But even if you were special, even if you were chosen, even if you had the right bloodline, even if all of that, you still went into behind the curtain. Before you went in, you had to go through all these rituals and washings and make sure you'd done everything correct. And they tied a rope around your leg so that if you went behind the curtain and you had done something wrong, one of the rituals wrong, and and you died, they could drag you out of the temple. God was constantly saying, he was showing us what our sin had done. It had separated. You've been separated from me. And the whole arrangement and the curtain and all of that was to say, you need to wait. But when Jesus shouted, it is finished. This curtain that was 30 feet high, 60 feet wide, 
The historian Josephus said it was the, the, the width of a, the span of a man's hand from thumb to pinky, nine inches thick. It took 300 male priests to hang it. The historian Josephus says that four teams of horses running in opposite direction could not have pulled this curtain apart. But when one man shouted, the Son of God on the mercy tree, it tore it in half from top to the bottom. And this is, this is God saying, saying through his son, this is God saying he was waiting from the beginning of creation to put his son on the mercy tree so that we could have life. So that now when it was ripped from top to bottom, he says, now you can come closer to me. You can come home, children. There are no more barriers, no more separation. Come closer. Come have a relationship with me. I want to show you mercy. And my son Jesus has taken. There is no more barriers anymore. Jesus was saying, it is finished. Amen. This is why the Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 4. Let us, therefore, come what? Boldly. In other words, get out of my way. I'm going in to see God. Don't tell me I can't go see him. Jesus said it was finished. I'm going to go meet with my God. Therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. This is what happened on the mercy tree. Jesus, Jesus paid for your sin. He nailed your sin. He took care of your separation from God. And the third thing that Jesus did on this mercy tree is he nailed your shame to the cross. Jesus himself became the shame of all mankind. He became the shame. Shame, this is a, this is a universal emotion and feeling as a result of the sin in our lives. A sense of shame. See, the world tells us, you know what, you don't need to feel bad about what you do. If it feels good, do it. It's your life choices. It's your life. You live it how you want. You can do whatever you want. You don't have to listen to those old-fashioned rules. You can live your life. You do what you want. You come on. You just, you just do, you live your life. And we can try to cover the shame and the guilt from living our lives however we want. We can try to cover up with everything else. And we'll hang out with people who say the same thing as us. See, it doesn't matter. See, I can live my life the way I am. See, it's just who I am. See, nobody can tell me. Well, God, all roads lead to God. You don't need Jesus. You know, I just live my life. You know, there's, a, there's a divine energy that helps me through my life. While we can do whatever we want, we can say whatever we want. We can do whatever we want. But no matter how you want to spin it or mask it, you have guilt and shame in your heart. Every person does on the planet. Up to this point on the cross, there had never been a moment in time and in history that a woman or a man had ever been free from guilt and shame of their sins. Never. On this side of the cross, leading up to the cross, there had never been a man or a woman that was free from shame and guilt. It plagued them. 
It was what, what they inherited when they were born. Up to this point of Jesus on the cross, there was a system, as we've talked about it a little bit already, a system that can make sacrifices for your sins. But the stain and the deep shame of that sin still remained with you. It was not removed. You had to carry it for the rest of your life. But when Jesus shouted, it is finished, he nailed your shame to the mercy tree. And the Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 10. And I'm going to read through this. There's a lot of scripture here. But I want you to catch the spirit of this. The Bible says this. Jesus is not saying this. The Bible, the word of God says the sacrifices under the old system were repeated again and again. Year after year. They were never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. If they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped. For the worshipers would have been purified once and for all time. And their feelings of guilt would disappear. But instead, those sacrifices actually reminded them of their sins year after year. For it is not possible, listen to this, it is not possible for your works For the sacrifice of the blood of bulls and goats to take away your sins. That is why when Christ came into the world. How many grateful Christ came into the world? Christ says this to God. He's speaking to God. You did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings or burnt offerings or other offerings for sin. Nor were you pleased with them. Though they are required by the law of Moses. Then he said, then Jesus said, look, I have come to do your will. And he, speaking of Jesus, cancels the first covenant, the one on this side, the one that says, listen, you got to carry your guilt and shame for the rest of your life. He, the, the, the son of God on the, on the mercy tree, he cancels the first covenant in order to put the second into effect. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. That's good news. And after Jesus had taken the shame and the guilt of the world, he said, it is finished. He was delivering mankind from the shame of their past. He was delivering all those who put their trust in Jesus Christ from the guilt of their sin. And giving them the freedom to live a new life. Not anchored to the life of the past. Not anchored to your sins. Not anchored to your mistakes. Not anchored to, I don't care who your parents are or how terrible they were. That's not who you are anymore. And he set you free so you can live free from the shame and guilt. This Jesus on this mercy tree said, it is finished. It's over. And the last thing. I want to look at this beautiful Easter morning. This is what Jesus did. Is he purchased our salvation for us on the cross. This is so important for us to understand. He purchased our salvation. And what does that mean? 
Jesus saved us from the power of Satan over our lives. Because of what was lost at the tree in the garden, he purchased it back on the tree of mercy. 2 Timothy 1, 9 through 10 says this, he, speaking of Jesus, has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done, amen to that, but because of his own purpose and his grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who has destroyed death that has brought life and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So when Jesus says, it is finished, he was saying, all of those who put their trust in God through me will live forever in eternity with me. Amen to that? And this is what we know. Those who put their trust in Jesus Christ. I want you to hear this this morning. They can rest assured. You can be totally confident. There won't be a man. There won't be a woman. There won't be a devil that can stand before God and bring an indictment against you. Because Jesus says, it is finished. Jesus purchased you by his own blood. And he shouted, it is finished. Now this is Easter morning. This is about the resurrection. But as I said earlier, you can't fully understand the resurrection until you fully understand what was finished. This is of total, absolute importance. Because without the resurrection of Jesus, none of this would have mattered. But this still mattered because the plan was always resurrection. Jesus always knew he would be resurrected. And we, we need to understand that when Jesus shouted, it was finished. He wasn't saying, I'm finished. He didn't say, I'm finished. He says, it was finished. And he was speaking of you. He was speaking of your life. And he was speaking of your sin. He was speaking of your shame. He was speaking of your separation. He was speaking of your salvation. He said, it's finished. They're saved if they put their trust in me. The shout from Jesus on the mercy tree was not a shout of a victim. It was a shout of a victorious son of God on that cross for you. And three days later, after Jesus declared it was finished, God sealed the deal by raising Jesus from the dead. So that in Romans chapter 10, so that if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe you are justified. And it's with your mouth that you profess that you're, by your faith that you are saved. This morning, as we celebrate the glorious message of life and hope and mercy and forgiveness, it was all because of Christ's sacrifice on God's mercy tree for you 
and for me. And God providing this mercy tree before the foundations of creation, He provided it for our victory. So now we can fully live our lives. We can delight as we put our faith in Him. With confidence, we can know that our sin is finished, our separation is gone, our shame is no more. And the price for our salvation, it is finished. And Jesus declared this on this mercy tree. We hope that this message has spoken something personal to you. If you would like more information about our church family or service times, please call us at 303-424-2121 or visit us at our website, www.fbci.org. Faith Bible Chapel currently meets in our Family Worship Center, located on the corner of 62nd Avenue and Ward Road.